Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I think anytime I do that, it's me making sure that I hold myself accountable. If I'm going to hold them accountable, I have to hold myself accountable. I look at the fact that I play 12 guys. That's hard to get a rhythm uh, when you're doing that. I look at the situations that I put certain guys in. When I do that, I'm not saying you know, the world's coming to an end. I'm just pointing out what I feel and what I know at the time. Uh, we certainly have to be better in points off turnovers. When you, when you have a relatively low number, you can't give up that many points. They were plus 13, and they had more turnovers. So that, that's something that players can control. But if we're going to be in this together, we have to be in it together. That is uh, Monty Williams, the head coach of the Phoenix Suns, at practice yesterday. Suns and Lakers tonight in L.A., kicking off an important stretch for the Suns, who uh, are still in fourth place in the Western Conference. Uh, but And the lead grew a little bit with the Clippers' loss last night, and the Clippers' loss off, uh, you know, off of the scoreboard was probably bigger with Paul George potentially missing uh, some substantial time with a knee injury. But Monty Williams there taking the blame for the last loss, and a lot has been made. And I think... I don't think I'm out of school in saying this right now. I think among the Suns fan base, the frustration with Monty Williams is probably higher than it's ever been. Monty Williams is trying to push the right buttons, and I get it. Uh, and sometimes those right buttons are not being pushed. Uh, he also did say, hey, I'm going to play a more concise rotation from this point on. But I'm not sure Monty Williams can be that married to that idea. Part of having a concise rotation is having guys that you can count on to deliver in the roles that they're being asked to play. And the Suns have, the players have not given Monty Williams that luxury right now. Let's be honest about it. And you left out one word consistently perform in yes. those roles. That's the biggest problem. Tory Craig and Akogi and Wainwright and Landell and Payne, they all Ross. have their moments. Yes. And Terrence Ross, they, they all have their moments where they perform very, very well in their roles and what they're asked to do. There are other nights when they don't. Yes. And it becomes a major, major problem. And we talked about it a bit yesterday. The Suns are a top-heavy team. Okay, they have they have four Tier 1 guys and then they don't have many Tier 2 guys. They kind of go like to a bunch of Tier 3 guys. And a lot of guys would probably be more suited to be 7th, 8th, ninth men in the rotation. They are 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, ninth on this particular team. But because, I mean, because you had to give up two guys to get Durant and really three guys to get Durant. So we'll throw Jay Crowder in there as well. So your depth has taken a beating. Now, when Durant, I'm not even comfortable counting counting Jay Crowder. Okay, he but was, he was—he never put the uniform on. He never spent a minute with this team this year. He was gone at the end of last year. So you know, you could say yes, he was a, a trade chip, but he was never part of the Phoenix Suns in 2022-23. But he's a guy that conceivably could, in a in a more perfect world, been a part of this rotation. Oh, absolutely, if he wanted to play. And they didn't really replace him. Until they got Kevin Durant. So that's I, I guess I look at it that True. way. True. I know what you're saying. But the problem is when, you, when you're top heavy and now Durant's not there to make up for the loss of the depth. And now Aiton's not there. And he may not be there for Friday night's game in Sacramento. Is it Friday, Sacramento? Friday, Sacramento. Yeah, Sacramento Saturday, fr- Philly, yeah. Saturday, Philly. So now you're looking at potentially two to three more games without half of your 
quote unquote top heavy team. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, you know, but Monty Williams and, and and Suns fans want to get on him. I mean, you, you're out there trying to win games with, with Josh Okoge and Tory Craig and Bismarck Biombo in the starting lineup. God, Phil Jackson's going to win a lot of games with those guys in there. I mean, yeah. those guys are fine role players. They are, but, but when but, their roles are expanded, it's hard for them to step into that expanded role. And everybody's roles have been expanded now. Yes, and uh, the reality is, and here's here's the concerning part about the Suns winning a championship, even when Durant and Aiton are back, some roles are still expanded. You know, that fifth starter is still kind of a question mark. I I don't think it is. I think Josh Okogie has done enough with his defense and occasional offense to, to garner that role. But again, you mentioned it, Kevin Durant out. Josh Okogie becomes more, you, you rely on him more to hit that open corner three, and he's just not a consistent shooter. And all the coaching in the world and pushing the right buttons is not going to make Josh Okogie make those shots. The same goes with Ish Wainwright. Look at tonight's starting lineup again. Potentially, you're looking at a Kogi, Craig, Bismack Biombo, Chris Paul, Devin Booker. 60% of your lineup can't be counted on to score. What you get from Josh Kogi is gravy. Torrey Craig gives you what he gives you. He scored in single digits 13 consecutive games. Bismack right. Biombo is a defensive, uh, you know, he's a defensive star and a fire plug. He's not an offensive player. He's a liability on offense. So more of that onus falls on Chris Paul to give you more than 15 points. More of the onus falls on Terrence Ross to come off the bench and hit for double digits. More of that responsibility falls on Cameron Payne, who had a two-game stretch where he was the ultimate version of Cameron Payne, and then we saw him on Sunday do very little. This is a marginalized team right now. Yes, it is. And Monty's got to play mad scientist because, yes. like Terrence Ross, gives you shooting, but you give up a lot defensively. Josh Okogie gives you more on the defensive end, but you give up the shooting. Torrey Craig is extremely inconsistent, but he has more size than Okogie. And you talk about Okogie being the fifth starter, you may be right. I don't know. I'm not sure that Torrey Craig's not going to get that role in the playoffs. He might. He might. The reason being is, Vinny, you are severely hampered on the defensive rebounding side if Josh Okogie's I mean, if, if Durant's your three, th- that means that Kogi's your four. He's like six two. I mean, so there's there's issues there that that could present themselves in in a playoff series. So I, you know, I there's no perfect solution for the way the team is constructed now. The so perfect solution is Kevin Durant comes back, and they're just those four guys are so good, nothing else matters. That's and that's what you're hoping for. But also remember, when guys' roles are diminished, they they excel. They they actually perform better when they're not asked to perform above and beyond yep. what they're capable of doing with their God-given ability. And that's why you're so good filling in once a week. <laughs> that's exactly right. Can you imagine five days no, of Tim I'm Ring? Just saying, I'm just, <laughs> just joking. I mean, <laughs> Tim McCogie over there. Right. Uh, and another player I didn't mention in talking about expanded roles and expanded responsibility, and he's just back from injury. Landry Shamit has got some weight on his shoulders right now because he is an offensive player. We've seen it occasionally again, not consistently, but he's capable of shooting the basketball and being a scoring threat off the bench. He needs to be that in this time period with, with Aiton and Durant out. He just has to. And he or can, the Suns are not going to win many games. And he can also he can also play a little defense. So it, it's actually, it's funny when you with, with those guys being out. Yeah, they need him. But when those guys get back, yeah. if they're going to give the fifth guy the wide-open shot, 
I'm not saying Shamit should be the fifth starter, but maybe in meaningful minutes in the fourth quarter, maybe Shamit's the fifth guy who's out there with those. Four. And I'll tell you what, the Sun, I think the Suns would sign up for that if he's getting open looks from the corner. With with those four on the floor, when they need a bucket, they would sign up for that. I'm sure they'd be more comfortable with no disrespect meant toward to, toward Ish Wainwright. They'd rather have Landry Shamit shooting that shot than Ish Wainwright shooting that shot. Oh, I would think that would be the case. Uh, Devin Booker uh, yesterday also spoke to the media at practice before the Lakers game, and uh, he mentioned something that we haven't heard the Suns really talk about publicly yet: the idea of falling into that plan. Obviously, more home court advantage. Uh... Honestly, if that's not the case, I'm fine, too. I don't think you want to be in the play-in. I think they're mad in the play-in. You know, kind of dice things up. Or, um, it's a one-game thing, but, you know, we just, we just want to be there. Yeah, and the, the, the closest thing the Suns have been to a play-in was game six and seven against Dallas last year. And they lost both oh, of those no. games. This is why it's a critical week, not just a critical game tonight. you got three games that you potentially could lose the way this team is constructed right now with Durant and Aiden being out. Mm-hmm. They're just two and a half games out of the play-in. Yeah. And then after these three games this week, it, it doesn't... Gets, it gets it, tougher. It gets tougher. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you, well, you, you are dancing with the play-in tournament yeah. if you don't find a way to win one or two games this week. We'll have a lot more on the Suns as the show goes on. Rock and Roll Hall of Famers Billy Joel and Stevie Nicks are heading to Chase Field for one night only on December 8th. Tickets go on sale this Friday at 10 a.m., but you can win a pair of tickets now by visiting the contest page at ArizonaSports.com. Coming up next, Japan wins the World Baseball Classic. People are raving about the tournament. What does it mean? And will it help Major League Baseball in the long run? We'll get into that and more next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings live from the Auction Community Studios. Tim Ring in for Bick today here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Three and two, two outs, top nine. U.S. down a run. Otani set. Trout ready. The 3-2 pitch. Trout swings and misses. And Japan wins the 2023 WPC. Otani fires his helmet towards the dugout. He's mobbed on the mound by his teammates. And Japan goes undefeated in winning the championship tonight. 3-2. Mike Farron on the call on the MLB Serious. Seth Rogen Rogan. on the call. <laughs> 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 Good to hear Mike's voice uh, on the call. But Japan wins a 3-2 in the uh, World Baseball Classic Championship in Miami. And uh, Jared brought this up, and he's right. I mean, if Major League Baseball was hoping for some kind of boost, some kind of push from the World Baseball Classic in a championship game setting for the last out to come down to Shohei Otani pitching for Japan, coming in in the ninth inning to close it down against Mike Trout down to the last out for the for Team USA, they'd sign up for that. Uh, Show Shohei won that that matchup, uh, blew Mike Trout away. But you know now that it's in the rearview mirror, uh, what a what a smashing success this tournament was. I'm just not sure you can take the success and apply it to renewed interest in in Major League Baseball. No, I would equate it to when there's doesn't so much, hurt with so much heightened interest in the World Cup in yes. soccer in this country, uh-huh. and people always wonder, hey, is this gonna is this mean? You know, soccer is going to, the MLS is going to really become a thing. And then it's no, um, not to compare the MLS. But to the MLS, MLS has grown. 
over the last decade, a lot yeah, compared but, to where it was. But but soccer becomes almost mainstream during the World Cup, and I don't think that's the case in non World Cup times. But anyway, I mean, we're talking about baseball. I listen, it can't hurt Major League Baseball. But that was great theater last night. Yeah, the whole tournament was great theater. And I, I think, and when I talked about it in the six o'clock hour, you know, just judging by my 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 social media feed on Twitter, I mean, there were there was more excitement and and chatter, if you will, tweets, uh, 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 people emoting about that last night than any World Series I I can remember. Mm-hmm. I mean, the question is, let's suppose USA got eliminated in the first round. Would there still have been buzz and interest? Like, was this very successful because of the patriotism, like, you know, the Olympics thing? Always Every is. four years? Oh, I would think so. Or yeah. was it because it was great, exciting baseball? No, I think you have a Team USA all-star lineup out there, which I think is always intriguing. And then, obviously, there's that tinge of patriotism as you watch... Any team with USA across the chest uh-huh. compete for a world championship. And you're like, man, we're sending the best of the best, at least from an offensive standpoint, to battle this team from Japan. I mean, did you, did you see it yesterday? That lineup, it was a $1.7 billion lineup. Yeah. Now, they only scored two runs. Don't yeah. get me started Those on two that. two solo home runs. <laughs> that was, that but, was it. But uh, that's pretty That's pretty freaking cool. I mean, it's a little bit like, you know, just the, the, the dream teams in basketball. It is. At the Olympics. It's, it's, this, this event is not to that level. No, because we've seen buy-in from superstars at you know using you know international basketball, whether it's the Olympics or the FIBA World Cup. You'll see the stars buy-in. Devin Booker got on a plane right after getting eliminated from the NBA Finals to participate in the Olympics. But the Olympics are the Olympics, yes. right? There's no. I mean, this this is a almost a created tournament and in the last. It one. is. It started in 2006. Um, Decade and a half. Yeah, know. but you're seeing. Some buy-in, not full buy-in. And you mentioned the lineup. The lineup, top to bottom for the U.S., was was a murderer's row, potentially. They didn't send close to their best pitchers. Well, and the, 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 the hesitance of the best pitchers in America to participate, or pitchers from any, from any country, really, when this is a preseason spring training tournament and you have a whole season ahead of you with responsibilities to the team that employs you, it's never going to catch on to that level. Well, it just doesn't make sense for these pitchers to be... Otani pitched. He did. And the L.A. Angels general manager gave him his blessing. Yes. But you're not going to see, like, the Jacob deGroms of the world. Okay, but like, why? Anybody who, who why? Has, why? Because Jacob why? deGrom gets hurt every exactly. time he throws. And okay. anybody, anyone who has any injury history or is entering the season at, at you know needing to ramp up at all, they're not going to risk getting hurt in something like this. Okay, but it's the same I, thing no, why but, in all-star games the pitchers only pitch one inning or not at no, all. But I, that's not, here's what I call BS, though. These guys pitch in spring training. They pitch two innings in Cactus or Grapefruit it's League not games. High in, the, their goal in spring training is not to win games. It's to work on what they're doing. The score is immaterial. The score is very, very important here. And I'll just okay, say but for, it. for the once in a while World Baseball Classic, you can't go out there and throw three innings of your best stuff as opposed to two innings in a Cactus League game. I would love for that like, to we're happen. Talking about one extra inning where maybe you try to win, but if as I, opposed to work on stuff. If you're asking me this is a to- this question as a talk show host, I'm agreeing with you. Yeah, I would love to see it. If I'm sitting here as a pitcher who's got forty million dollars on on the plate and my future. 
future on, on you know in in the balance for going to play for an exhibition tournament? My answer is probably no. But it's and I think just a blanket statement here when it comes to international tournaments, the United States in and through my eyes. United States participants don't take the same pride as other countries do in representing their nation. Well, that's that's yes, that's the whole crux of the matter. I it's, it's so it's about do you want to do it or not? I mean, you Darvish and Otani were out there, yeah. And, and all I'm saying is nobody's asking them to go out and throw seven innings. No, of, of of high leverage baseball, like they could just work out a deal with with Team USA, like the three innings max. But we'll we'll see though because this. The other World World Baseball Classics didn't get anywhere close to the attention and buzz that this one did. This might spur players three years from now being like, wow, you know what? I do want to be a part of this now. Because yeah, they say that now, but three years from now, yeah. the, all of the emotion, all of the, the coolness of this, yes. yeah, that's going to wear off and people will be back to their old stance. Here, here's the biggest thing to me that baseball needs to build off of this. Shohei Otani is beyond a once-in-a-lifetime athlete. Yes. He, is, he is a one-of-one one in the history of the sport athlete. And he just had the biggest showcase and the biggest moment in this tournament. He Baseball needs to somehow capitalize on they have a superstar that no one's ever seen before. You're right, Jarrett. Major League Baseball should just give uh, the Angels a buy into the, uh, I'm just into saying, the playoffs. Well, I'm, I, I don't know. You know what I'm saying, though? Like They need to promote the game through him like they, you know, base, basketball did with LeBron or Jordan. I don't disagree with you. He unfortunately plays in the worst time zone for that. Yeah, he does. You know, I mean, I and so does Trout. You know, it's funny. Did you see the Redeem Team documentary? I haven't watched it yet. Okay, it's fantastic. But there was one scene. You know, they 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 were struggling. Like you know, LeBron and those guys. They they had gotten bronze. Then they they didn't win the uh, the, the World Basketball Championships either. That's when they brought Kobe in. Mm-hmm. Kobe was watching these games, and one of the reasons why Kobe played, he showed up and he, he says to, to Carmelo and Chris Paul, he said, I'm tired of watching you Blakers lose. <laughs> <laughs> so you hope maybe a pitcher or two has that kind of attitude. Yeah, but those events. Next time hold, it rolls around. Those events hold now, more weight than Now, this, Scherzer this and Verlander does. will probably be retired by then, but maybe uh, another pitcher or two is like, I'm tired of watching you Blankers lose. I don't know. I think they Verlander hold, might you, still be throwing 100. I think you said yesterday, or somebody said, Trey Turner, who won a World Series, right? With, yes. Said that the moment the other day was the best moment of his career, mm-hmm. the biggest win, so... Maybe things are changing a little bit and, with the importance of this event. And I'm sure some people within Major League Baseball heard that comment or read that comment and rolled their eyes at it. You can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Lots of big stories to get into. We'll do it next in the Rush Hour Reboot with Sarah Cazell. Spickley and Murata mornings. Tim Ring in for Big today here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Rush Hour Reboot. Rush Hour Reboot. Getting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting. Arizona built for America's dreams. Hello, my beautiful friends. Welcome into the Rush Hour Reboot here on Bickley Amarada Mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Another day without Dan Bickley. Sad, sad, sad. But we've got Tim Ring sitting in his seat. Hi, Tim Ring. He's stealing your gimmick. <laughs> he 
is. Or he's just tagging on to it. He's he's doing it different, though. He's going through the phone. I love it. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's For those who can't see, which is everyone except the other three people in this room, uh, he's holding his phone right up to the microphone. Um, we love the innovation. Old school. Yes. That other voice is Vince Murata. I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. Six feet ten from Grambling. R.I.P. Willis Reed. And Jarrett Carlin. That's what happens when bodies start slapping. (laughs) Who's slapping bodies around here? Do you know the uh, song that's the lyric from? Tone Loke? Yeah. That's what happens when bodies start slapping. From doing the wild thing. (laughs) Oh, that song. (laughs) Okay. It's the same as our update music, right? It is, yeah. (laughs) I once did a remix of... uh, Tone Loke rapping over our update bed. I got a fun. It's very, it's very funny. Oh, I would love to hear that. All right, let's get into it with the Phoenix Suns first. They're at the Lakers tonight, guys. Uh, we've got the game on the Arizona Sports app and 98.7 starting at 7 o'clock. Both of these teams have an eye on the play-in tournament, but from different directions. Yeah. The Suns have lost four of their last five. They are trying not to slip further down in the Western Conference standings. Uh, right now, they're in fourth. They're one game ahead of the Clippers, two games ahead of the Warriors, and then just two and a half games ahead of the Thunder, who are sitting in seventh right now. And then the Lakers on the other end of the spectrum, uh, they are only half a game out of the 10 seed, which would be that last team in the play-in tournament. So the Lakers definitely have something to play for. Um, The Suns have beaten the Lakers twice already by double digits this season, but LA has kind of started to put things together since the last time they met. So um, let's just look at tonight's game, guys. What are you hoping to see out of the Phoenix Suns? No DA, obviously no KD, as they play the Lakers. I'm going back to what I was hoping for last week. Uh, We talked about it in the Orlando game. I don't care how it happens. They need to find a way to win a basketball game and then deal with the issues later. If you can put your issues aside enough to notch a win over a team that's playing with some desperation, too, you've done your job. And it's about treading water. We've talked about it. Well, they can stop falling as much, putting the opposition on the free throw line. That would be a good start. But really, I, I, I look at I look at the way the team is constructed right now. Somebody needs to step up offensively and help Devin Booker. And I'm not talking about just one guy. Yeah. I'm talking about three other guys. I, I, Chris Paul... Chris Paul can score 18, 19 points. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But two other guys have to score upwards of 20 or more points. Totally agree. And I don't care. I don't care if it's Damian Lee or Landry Shamit or Josh Okogi or Torrey Craig. Not one other guy. Two other guys have to score at least 20 points in this game. Because we saw on Sunday, Devin Booker can have 46, and it's still not enough. Yep. Right. Somebody yeah. ha- You can't have Booker scoring big, Paul scoring okay, and then everybody else around 9 or 10 points. Mm-hmm. They will lose if that happens again tonight. Okay, and Anthony Davis is probable to play, so that's not great news for the there's, Suns. There's still time. That's true. <laughs> and that, and we've been in that situation many times before where he is probable or whatever. I expect not him to play, out. honestly. Yeah, okay. They haven't played since Sunday either, so this, yeah, so this is... time. 
This is shaping up yeah. to be an Anthony Davis game. Okay. Well, then definitely need someone else to step up scoring for the Suns in addition to Devin Booker. Uh, let's get to ASU men's hoops. ASU has extended Bobby Hurley two years. They were listening to the reboot yesterday when we were asking, what's going to happen with Bobby Hurley? And yep. they said, okay, fine. We'll, we'll, we'll get off the schneid. We'll go do this. So he is now under contract for three seasons in Tempe. A statement from ASU Athletic Director Ray Anderson reads, quote, Coach Hurley has made our program relevant nationally with many significant wins and an exciting style, along with a firm commitment to the academic success of our student-athletes. He continues, he has made it clear to us that he wants to be here and we have done likewise with him. We share a strong confidence in the present and future state of Sun Devil men's basketball. How would you grade Bobby Hurley's tenure so far with ASU? Three tournament appearances. I feel like everybody always mentions would have been four if not for COVID. A couple of those big marquee wins, as Ray Anderson mentioned in his statement. What what letter grade do you give Bobby Hurley so far? I'd give him a B. Solid B? No plus, no minus? No, just a B. I'd give him a B. I'll give him a B. I, you know what? I, you could even make the case if somebody were to say, "I'm going to give him a B minus because he sure. hasn't advanced to the second round of the tournament and he's under 500 in Pac-12 play." Yeah, I, I would even say, "Okay, I'll buy that." But for me personally, I just I look at where this program is historically and what he's done, and I think you know the big wins and a couple high level recruits, more than a couple high level recruits, mm-hmm. and wins on the road and a tough non conference schedule and uh, potentially four NCAA tournament teams. You throw in the, the COVID disclaimer. I, I'm, I'm going to give him a B, Sarah. So next a solid B. Next year, how can he make it a B plus? Get to the round of thirty two. You know, maybe here's the problem with the first four. While it is the tournament, it means you were one of the last teams out of the 68. Yeah, and I think, so I think it so boiled down to... Um, you're, you're barely getting in. I think in. Nevada was the last team in. Yeah, so you're, the Bobby's three tournament appearances, he's barely gotten in. Yeah. Those, yeah. those are facts. Which is better than barely not getting in. Listen. He's been true. between 65 and 68 right. for so, all, all so, those years. Yeah. So, But he but he's in. Yeah. But I would say, what could he do better, sir? Like, you know, maybe get more solidly in, avoid get the first in, four? In. Yeah, get, yeah. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Maybe get a maybe get a five, six, or a seven seed and make a run to a Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure those would be be the goals that he has on his mind, and ultimately someday get to the Final Four. Mm-hmm. Sure, because the two wins that ASU does have in the tournament under Bobby Hurley have asterisks next to them in a lot of people's minds because they don't yeah. acknowledge the first four. Well, they're those, real games, yeah. right? Yeah. And those have been for a little over ten years yeah. now. What was it, 2011, when they implemented that? I, think. I believe so. Yeah. So. Something that stood out to me from Ray Anderson's statement was, we share a strong confidence in the present and future state of ASU men's basketball. Okay. They only extended him for two years, though. Did that sit with you in a weird way at all? Do you think that's ASU not willing to extend him further or maybe Bobby Hurley not wanting to be extended further? Be mutual. Probably. I hadn't... uh I hadn't really thought of it in terms of the length because there's the the existing years. So three years. I mean, mm-hmm. the three basketball seasons is really an eternity. Sure, that's a long today's time, college yeah. basketball's landscape. Yeah. So I don't have an issue with a it. lot can change yeah. in three years in yeah. college basketball. Well, I don't think there's a lot of love lost between Bobby Hurley and Ray no. Anderson. No. Uh, let's let's call let's call it what it is. Right. Now, there's a real good chance by the time the Bobby's contract is over, Ray Anderson is no longer here. So keep yeah. that in mind as well. Sure. All right, let's get to the Arizona Cardinals. We are... 
still waiting to see what happens with DeAndre Hopkins, if anything, as he seeks out a trade. Here is Diana Rossini of ESPN sharing yesterday what she has heard about interest around the league in D-Hop. I made a lot of phone calls today to different teams that are in the receiver market. Teams like the New England Patriots, the Buffalo Bills, the Baltimore Ravens, the Houston Texans, the Tennessee Titans, all these teams that need a wide receiver. And I was told for right now, they are not interested in DeAndre Hopkins. And it's not his skill set that they're concerned with. It's the fact that he comes with a price because Hopkins is going to look for a new contract. Now, there is a thought that he'll be looking for a deal like we saw Brandon Cooks get in his trade where he's taking less money. But as of right now, Christine, there's only one team I know of that is showing interest that's talking to Arizona about a possible trade, but nothing official just yet. All right, Vince, you and Bick have said definitively on this show that D-Hop is done as a Cardinal. But I'm curious, as time passes and fewer and fewer teams are interested in him, uh, reportedly, are you starting to waver in that belief that he will not be back next season? Not yet, not to any great degree. Um, look, the Cardinals are quite obviously in a in a rebuild. Um, so... I know we all want to get top dollar or top return for DeAndre Hopkins yeah. to help aid this rebuild, but it doesn't. His presence doesn't make sense on this Cardinals team next year from a competitive standpoint. And I think it would be a frustrating exercise for him as well. He doesn't oh, want to sure. be here. No. <laughs> There's that. I, I think by November of last year, he had made up his mind. Uh, I don't, sure I don't want to be I totally here. agree with you. Yeah. You, know, you know, Diana Rossini can list off all the teams she wants that aren't interested. It just takes one. Mm-hmm. It just takes one. Now, she did say there is one. She didn't say which team. Right. We can presume it's Kansas City. That was not a team she mentioned that didn't want him, so True. that's why... What so I gathered. If Kansas City has a second round pick, the 63rd overall. Kind of low for D Hop, but yeah. if that's the best you can do. It's nearly a third round pick. Well, there's another projection uh, that's even lower than that for D Hop for a trade possibility, and we'll get into that later in the show. Ooh, as well. okay. Uh, yeah. We're all rebooted. Folks, you are. You're Thank rebooted. you, Sarah. Thank you Rush Hour Reboot every morning at 7.30. Coming up next, we'll stay in the NFL. Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, anything cooking anywhere? <laughs> we'll get into all of it next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings. Tim Ring in for Bick today here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata. Hash marks. <laughs> Yeah, and, you know, we've got no other news really going on. (laughs) (laughs) Now, we are, uh, I would love to tell you everything you want to know about Aaron Rodgers and the Jets, but uh, I've under (laughs) sworn secrecy not to say anything. That is the president of the Green Bay Packers, Mark Murphy, speaking at a tech conference held at Lambeau Field. just seems like an oxymoron. <laughs> you can you you can elaborate on that. You you spent some time in Green well, Bay, Wisconsin. If it was deer hunting tech, <laughs> it would be a big hit. Sworn to secrecy about Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. Buckle up. It's going to be a long summer, kiddos. When Rodgers went on the McAfee show and said, my intention is to play for the New York Jets. And that wasn't even like the first thing he said. That right. was like buried in the middle. He had made his decision, but then he got around to his decision later. But that really, that put the Jets now 
in a real bind. Because the expectations now from that fan base is for the Jets to make a deal. Now, Mark Murphy and the Packers and Goody Koontz and those guys are like, all right, now, you know, we, we, we got you by the you-know-what. So they're demanding something that the Jets clearly don't want to give up, and that's the holdup. You've read two first-round picks. Uh-huh. If you're the Jets, you can't give up two first-round picks for Aaron Rodgers. He's 39 years old. He's 39 years He may play one year. Uh-huh. And Rodgers is such a flake these days. You don't even know if you, I, I mean, who knows what uh, what kind of level he's even going to play at in 2023. He didn't sure. play that well last year. He didn't. Uh, and it was, that that was the one thing that really stood out from, from last year was, for all of the drama, for all of the headlines that he generates, all the attention on himself that he generates, up until last year, Aaron Rodgers was still a top flight MVP level Quarterback. Not even level. He was. He was the, the MVP. MVP. Two He's, years in a row. It, 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 the wall comes for you, everybody, at some point. It comes at different ages. The wall came for Aaron Rodgers last year. I believe that. And some people say, well, you didn't have the help in Green Bay. I'm not buying that. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has elevated Green Bay teams in the past. There was talk that Rodgers maybe didn't come into the season with the same physical... Well, that he completely forfeited his offseason. Right. By going off to Maui and singing, hiking the world. Singing and Taylor Swift songs. Hosting Jeopardy. Right. Now, may, maybe if he's playing for a new team, he rededicates himself in the offseason <laughs> to OTAs in the weight room and doesn't host Jeopardy, etc. But. No ayahuasca this offseason. But you know what? It's oh, like, man. If, if, but if you're the Jets. He's switching to crack. If you're the, <laughs> if you're the Jets. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go to New York and so that local, start smoking the local crack. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> if you're the Jets and you've got to give up two first round picks, just go get Lamar Jackson. Well, He's 26. You're leading me where I'm going now. And I was going to ask the question. If you're where the New York Jets from a competitive standpoint, when you consider the now and the future, where would you rather go? Would you rather have Lamar Jackson or Aaron Rodgers? I would side with Lamar Jackson. And the development there is Lamar Jackson's representatives have reportedly reached out to other teams and said, all right. My guy's ready to move on from Baltimore. It doesn't need a guaranteed contract a la Deshaun Watson. No, I think he wanted to, to get that from the Ravens after all the strife. And now if he's ready to move on, he still wants to get paid. Make no mistake about it. We're talking upwards of $200 million overall. But that 100% guarantee goes out the window. I'll sign up for Lamar Jackson. You know you're getting more than one year from him. You get a flat-out dynamic quarterback. I, I, listen, I get... I get the injury concerns because of the style of play. But again, just go back to to kind of frame it in our discussion. If you're the Jets and the Packers are demanding two first-round picks, Rodgers and the Jets is probably going to get done, and it's probably going to get done for one first-round pick. Probably. They're at a a standoff right now. But I think it's going to be, if that happens, it'll be after this year's draft. It won't be for a draft pick this year, in my opinion. No, it'll be be a 2024 pick. Yeah. But... If, if I'm running the Jets, I, I I would I would seriously consider about pivoting to Lamar Jackson. Yeah, you have an option. I mean, you have an option, right? Somebody's gonna obviously if, if Lamar Jackson's done in Baltimore, the lack of the lack of activity on this obviously collusion has been brought up by many people outside the NFL, and then inside the NFL, players have all but hinted they've they've, they've hinted about it, and they've all but said it on social media including Tyron Matthew and J.J. Watt, just to name a couple. Yes. 
The interesting thing will be if a team that was going to draft the quarterback pivots to saying, why don't we just go after Lamar Jackson? Because then that all of a sudden affects the Cardinals' spot in the draft. Where all of a sudden, if the Colts, let's say, say, you know what, let's go after Lamar Jackson instead of wanting to move up to make sure we get that quarterback, then all of a sudden there's less teams trying to get that number three pick. Yeah, and there's been so much on that front, too, in the mocks and all the projections about Indianapolis moving up one spot to number three to to the Cardinals' position to get a quarterback, which, do you see that happening? Indianapolis knows they're going to get the third choice of a quarterback, so moving up one spot to the number three doesn't... Doesn't give them unless there's a, a quarterback Mel, who's Mel, higher on their pecking order. Mel Kuyper is talking about the Colts to move up to three, giving obviously the fourth, obviously yes, but then an additional second and third round pick this year. Uh huh. For them to do that, they must really believe somebody else. That's what I'm saying. You have up. to really sell That's to them. That's the only reason why they would do that, it. That, oh, man, we're getting our phones ringing off the hook with other teams that want to move up to this spot. Right. Which I agree with Vinny. I don't, I don't know that that's actually – you're not really hearing about that. You're hearing the Colts. You're not hearing these other teams that are like desperate to move up to draft yeah. the quarterback. I mean, Seattle at number five, I don't think they're going to move up because they could sit they could sit stand pat and, and probably if they want a quarterback to, to, to groom after Geno Smith is done, they could get Anthony Richardson at five. The Cardinals aren't going to take him at four. It's a weird scenario. Just an hour ago, Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio tweeted out that the Colts have not ruled out making a run at Lamar Jackson. So... Well, that would change things. What you just brought up and Jarrett brought up might actually be be a thing. So, because I still think that the, if the Cardinals can find, I don't think it'll be the Colts. If the Cardinals can find somebody that wants to move up to three. The only issue there is the Colts would make it still possible to get Will Anderson. To get Will Anderson at four. So, if you could trade out one spot, still get Anderson, it's a win-win. I just I find that scenario very unlikely. How would you guys feel if they traded down to seven, eight, nine, whatever, and they ended up with not Will Anderson, Tyree Wilson instead, Christian Gonzalez? I think those are good players, um, and I do. I mean, you look at what's gone on in free agency or what hasn't gone on in free agency. There's so many gaps to fill. They I guess need I guess to have. They need to have a home run draft. Yeah, it depends how much you think that Will Anderson is a franchise changing player. Or how compared to just getting restocking multiple players, yes. or, or the haul you get for dropping down. Like if you just pick up an mm-hmm. additional third round pick, eh, but if you pick up an additional second and third for dropping down to yeah. yeah. But if you're still if you're giving up a super duper star to get like okay, yes, you have another second and third round pick, but. Is quantity over quality? You need need difference makers. I'm on the Will Anderson train. I'm not. I would trade with the Colts because I know I'm going to get Will. You're still going to get him. Yes. This team needs. This team needs stars. These guys are going to play in the Pro Bowl, not literally, but those kind of guys. They they don't have guys that are going to go to Vegas for Pro Bowl weekend (laughs) and play dodgeball. Yes. They need video game players who can <laughs> How about this? play the Madden they, version of the They need some guys that are going to end up on the Associated Press All-Pro team. There you go. How about that? I'll take that. They could use a few of those that guys. That actually still means something. Because, because at the end of the day, 
think those guys help you win football games. Yes, they do. You can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, there's some catchphrases being uh, offered up when discussing the Phoenix Suns. Treading water, shortening rotation, stepping up. We'll get into all of those catchphrases and how they pertain next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings with Tim Ring in for Bick today here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.